It sounds like a phenomenal party on that first Pentecost. There is revelry and connection. There is wonderfully clear understanding between strangers where before there had been only confusion and distance. There is such outpouring of joy and praise, the the din of their delight all but blowing the roof off the house. The party is so raucous that all the cynics assume that they're already drunk. It is nine in the morning. And they have had their fill. Yes, they are filled with the Spirit. It is very good that we celebrate this day with such joy. Hearing the wonder of all these different languages, doing our best to to set the place on fire with color and with song and with merriment. And... If we're not intentional, I think we can let all this goodness lead us astray. What I mean is that if we stop here, remembering Pentecost just as a fabulously over-the-top birthday party for the church, we can end up assuming a happy ending. An easy one, I mean. Simplistic. As in, the Spirit came. Everyone could finally understand each other, and and we're all of one heart and mind. And the Spirit gave them what they wanted, what they were hoping for, what they needed. And the church was made to be amazing and perfect. The end. We laugh. I laugh, and and yet this is so often how we talk about the Holy Spirit without even realizing it. So much of it is baked into our theology, our language, our art. She comes as a bird, as a wish granter, as something maybe more akin to a fairy than uh, an equal and fully formed expression of our God. Much of the time, we're not really sure what to do with the Holy Spirit, how we might begin to wrap our minds around something mysterious and shape-shifting, someone hard to pin down by her very design. It's more straightforward to to think of her as that magical wish-granter, an offshoot of both God the Creator and of Jesus, zipping around to do their bidding. You've been good? Prayed hard? Shazam! Here! Here is the Holy Spirit! Ready to intervene with the right job, the right gift, whatever you need, when you need it. It sounds great. There's just this one little problem, which is that so much of the time, that's not how we see the Holy Spirit showing up for people. Yes, we hear that a a beautiful dove descends on Jesus at his baptism. We hear him proclaimed beloved of God. 
And then we hear that 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 same spirit drives him out into the wilderness, into a place of huge questions and challenge. And long before that, we hear that the spirit joins Mary when she says yes to bringing God into the world in this new way. And that call was filled with an awful lot of strife for her from beginning to end. And finally, it happens here, too. Here on the day of Pentecost, this young community is filled with the Holy Spirit. They receive these incredible gifts. And then she continues leading them straight out into the struggle. They still live in a world that holds tight to wildly different values. They will head out to offer this word of love, and they will be met with scorn and violence. And the Holy Spirit is there with them, most especially in the struggle. This is all still true today. One of the more beautiful examples of this grace happens not far from here each summer in the tiny village of Camp Meeker, hidden in the redwoods of Sonoma County. St. Dorothy's Rest, one of the summer camps of this diocese, has for many, many years offered a couple of extraordinary camps each summer, in addition to their more traditional and and wonderful gatherings of kids, the, the kind of summer camp that you imagine when you think of that. But for these weeks, they partner with Lucille Packard Children's Hospital at Stanford, and they transform the creaky old buildings at camp into a makeshift hospital. Countless boxes cover the tables, filled with meticulously organized medicine and piles of syringes and contraptions to support breathing. The kitchen staff works overtime to plan for more complex food restrictions. Extra attention is paid to create greater accessibility around the hilly trails at camp. And with all this in place, kids who have had an organ transplant or who are living with cancer come. And miraculously, through a great team of volunteer nurses and doctors, their complicated medical needs are met far away from Stanford. And for a week, for one week, they get to play and adventure and and just carry on with one another. For a week, they get to be kids. These hospital camps are brave and great fun and really hard. And they, they are not a solution, not in the sense of fixing the tremendous medical challenges that these kids face. 
Some of the campers will go on to live long and healthy lives, though dealing with the ongoing challenges of having received a transplant. Others won't survive into adulthood. Camp is not a cure. But each week is filled with the Spirit, filled with heart and with creativity. These weeks at St. Dorothy's open up new ways of gathering people in joy, even through the obstacles that come with their intense health needs. This powerful way of presence, it comes through clearly in two of the names that are often given to the Spirit, that can help us understand the Spirit, maybe a little better. The first is as the paraclete. It's this strange, old-fashioned kind of word. And in its root, it means simply to come alongside. To come alongside the paraclete, the one who joins us, who walks with us wherever we are. And second, in today's gospel, we hear Jesus refer to the Spirit as the advocate. As in one who will speak up for us, who will stand by us, most especially in the midst of trials. Maybe solutions come. Difficult situations fixed in in surprising and wonderful ways. And when that happens, fantastic. Thanks be to God. And much of the time, I think the Spirit simply joins us in the struggle. What if we looked for the Spirit in these places in our own lives? What if we came to expect her there, there where it's fraught and maybe painful and often lonely? Not expecting her to arrive with a magic wand to whisk away the trouble, but joining us strengthening us, setting our hearts on fire to love well, no matter what comes our way. I believe this is what was really happening at that first Pentecost. And it deserves all the celebration in the world. It's not just a birthday party for the church that this day is sometimes framed as, though that is good and worth lifting up. It goes far beyond that fiery beginning. On this day, we remember who the Holy Spirit is in her own right. How she joins us in the heights and in the depths of life. How she pours out her courage and love into our lives. Right in the middle of the struggle. She joined those first apostles all those years ago, and she joins us still today. And for that, we celebrate.